0: to the faith awakens podcast with your uh, local friendly chaplain father tom hennon as always joined by my guest host
1: your favorite pcm megan grady hi father tom
0: how are you doing megan
1: i'm doing fantastic
0: we're back in school
1: <laughs> back back in school running. i've been back in school for a little longer but yeah
0: yeah with your student <laughs> teaching so and we are joined by a very special guest this week yeah. Jess Mendenhall. Woo. Introduce wow. yourself. Well no, I already kinda of gave your name uh,
2: Jess, Jess Mendenhall. Um, your <laughs> less favorite PCM maybe. Stop um it. <laughs> We're all
1: everyone's we're all Tammy's favorites.
0: That's yes. right. You know, when you have lots of children, you love them all. Yes. <laughs> So there you go. Yes. Jess, well, welcome to the show. Thank
2: you. Thanks for having me. And
0: we basically just um, twisted her arm into coming <laughs> we on the show this week. did literally
2: like 15 minutes ago. We're like...
0: We're leaving mass and we're like, we need a guest this week.
2: And I uh, said, I just wanted to say hi, mom. And they were like, you know what? this is it you know well, what? <laughs> here's
0: your big opportunity <laughs> like say hi ball. to your
1: mom Hi
2: mom <laughs> hi pam love you <laughs> you want to say hi to anybody else hi uh jim and linda <laughs> oh i was gonna
1: say someone at the university
2: oh um also hello nice hello yeah i wanted to you know <laughs> include uh your hi mom <laughs> um, hi sister joan also a number one fan really appreciate you yeah. everything you do and
0: mm. speaking of sister joan i got i do got to reach out to her i know she's super 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 busy but this is already episode 39 of The Faith Awakens, wow. and I think we need to do something extra special for episode 40, whether that's next week or the following week, when maybe whenever we can book Sister Joan. I'd love to get her on yeah. the show. So,
1: Well, if this works out like how we want it, Jess, you could be the opening act for Sister Joan for that next That is, That's my dream.
2: Podcast. That's the dream. You well, you're welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so excited.
0: So you are a peer campus minister, as is Megan, yep. and um, let's see, you're a junior yep yep um what's your major
2: um exercise science okay so pre-physical therapy i start grad school this coming fall Ooh. just training. how do you feel about that <laughs> oh gosh it's coming up it's just kind of like a train that's been coming for the last two years three years yeah <laughs> and now it's here <laughs> yeah, it's pulling in but it's like the train
0: you want to get <laughs> yeah, on yeah
2: you want to get on it's, no, it's, it's not really a train exciting. that's going
0: to hit you it's like it's the train you get on and it's ride a train to train your yeah. career and Life beyond.
2: Yeah, you're watching. It's coming past, and you're like, "All right, I got to jump on this." Mm. Hang know? on, hang on for your life. Yeah, no, That's I'm excited. Good. That's I'm good. Very excited.
0: Uh, tell us about some of the programming you have going on. I know you're a PCM in Davis.
2: I am good old Davis. Which is
0: I, I, you know, uh, when I went to school here, it probably had a similar character. I mean, the building has not changed a bit. No.
2: So it had no all of that,
0: not. right? Um, so it's the oldest building. Um, it's got its, you know, it's got its problems and issues and things like that. But it also has great character, kind oh, definitely. of. definitely. And at least when I was a student here, like, <laughs> most of my friends who were girls lived in Davis. Like, just because I think, I don't know, there's a personality type that I think kind of lives in Davis. And they're, I don't know. They were Davis girls.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I was talking with my friend about this the other day. She was like, yeah, you can literally just, you can kind of tell sometimes. You just be like, yeah, you live in Davis.
1: Davis. That's The Davis, women of Davis. Women of
0: Davis. I mean, there are plenty of people that live in Davis for one year and then get the heck out of there as fast as they can. Oh, yeah. But then, I mean, I'm talking about the, I knew, I had friends that lived there their whole four years there and loved it. Yeah they really like they've bonded there there's there's a community even though you have a lot of individual rooms there's almost more of a sense of community than some of the dorms with the suites yeah
2: definitely yeah it's such a community and yeah it has so much character and i think that's kind of what makes it a community um a lot of things (laughs) can go wrong in that dorm nothing Um, bonds
0: people together like common suffering exactly
2: (laughs) that's probably why it's like so strong and i mean a lot of times like I think in some dorms, people just leave their doors open. That's not really in Davis, but you still have a really strong community. So it's kind of interesting yeah. how that kind yeah. of forms.
1: Well, I think Jess, you have a big part in that in forming that community as of recently, I think at your time as a PCM, you've done a really good job of like having different programs, unique, like working really well with the RAs. Like in that building, I've seen a lot of people, like when I've gone, you've invited me to some of the events and the ones like I've been able to make is like, I see all these people that live there and maybe just like slowly coming out of their shell because of the programs so i don't know if you want to promote any programs you're doing now but that was a kudos, that was a kudos yeah. to the ones you've done in the thank past thank you so much yeah so. oh my
2: gosh you know the ras are great oh they're just so great to yeah. to work with and they're so accepting and yeah, no, it's been really fun. Well, of
0: course, Kelly's a former PCM. Yes. That Kelly, helps, you know. Kelly, Kelly. hashtag Cleaver you know, Fever.
1: Yeah,
2: hashtag Cleaver Fever.
0: We have a really, good, in general, I think, at university, over the last, this is our fifth year, I think, of having peer campus ministers. Yeah, because yeah. this is my fourth year here, and they started a year before I got here. So, mm. um, and every year, I think that relationship with the resident advisors has gotten better, and there's more kind of, and when I see peer campus ministers that then go on to be RAs, as much as I hate losing them, you know, as peer campus ministers, I'm like, that is fine by me because they get us. They get campus ministry, and I know they're going to work well with us. So that's really cool when you got an RA who's mm-hmm. a former oh, peer yeah. campus minister and you know who's going to help promote your programming and all that kind of thing that's cool
2: yeah and we have two of them in davis so yeah we have kelly and megan oh yeah um karina is also awesome she was the ra last year now she's a student hall manager and she's amazing so awesome yeah it's a really good setup but yeah we get to do a lot of fun events um i have a weekly bible study called women in faith so we meet Mm -hmm. on mondays at 7 p.m in davis basement Mm -hmm. um and then we kind of just do a lot of fun programs like last year we did the davis haunted basement so uh, good very popular it was really fun yeah i think it was program of the month but um it was so good. Yeah, that was really fun. It kind of already had the aesthetic because it's an old building. So <laughs> yeah, not yeah.
1: much decorating. <laughs> we
2: really yeah. didn't have to. Um, so that so was realistic.
0: It looks like it's really haunted.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who'd have thought? But yeah, so we have that going on. Um, we have some Valentine's programs coming up. We'll probably make Valentine's again mm-hmm. in Davis Basement. So yeah, because this is my second year as a PCM in Davis. So I chose to come back. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, yeah, it grows on you, really. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, yeah, it's got character. I, I don't know. I, I'm not in on a lot of those meetings where they're talking about big plans and things like that. So I know that various things over the years have been discussed with that. But I, I don't know. Kind of personally, I think it's so characterful, and it's got, got such a unique atmosphere. I, I, I would almost rather see them put some money into it to make some of the you know, renovations that need to happen than just to bulldoze mm-hmm. it. I'm sure that's in some ways more expensive than building new but yeah uh, i don't
1: know i think it is um a land landmark i think that's why I think it, it is has yeah. oh, historical landmark. like uh like ambrose hall is which yeah, wow Mark, that yeah. place is a maze but uh yeah <laughs> I tell imagine. me about it yeah so, i mean yeah, yeah. father tom you me a tour. i live in the, haunted, yeah. attic <laughs> the haunted attic of ambrose hall i told somebody that one day i like mentioned it offhand i was like oh yeah and father tom lives there now and they're like what they're like he lives there and i'm like Heck in yeah, the boiler room. I was like, keep going up the on stairs. On a cot. You'll hit a welcome, Matt. That's yes. So funny.
0: I admit, they, they, well, you know, like, whenever I, I was in the parish, people didn't have, like, a concept of, like, where does the priest actually live? Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, yeah, a priest needs a place to sleep and to eat and to bathe and all that kind of stuff. I don't, You know, they think we live in a little you're cabinet a ro- in the back of the robot. sacristy. Or a little, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, break glass in case of need for mass right yeah. you know, just like here's your priest and the powers
1: down at the end of the night he powers
0: down at the end of the <laughs> night and and then you get him out of the sacristy cabinet like everything else yeah. for mass right so no
2: pops up so, behind a few yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> i i love my apartment in ambrose hall i have to say it's one of my it is cool it's i think i would go so far as to say it's the favorite place i've lived as a priest to this point yep wow yeah
1: what's your it's second cool. favorite
0: mm, that's a good question my first assignment we lived in an old rectory, like a three-story big old wow. rectory, yeah. and I was on the top floor, and I had like the tower room, the little turret room, oh you know, gosh. kind of in the, and that was cool. Although, you know, again, older building, creaks and cracks and problems and bats. Um, so mm, Jess, wasn't wild about yep. the bats. Yep. Um, can relate. But, yeah, <laughs> just knows
1: about bats. Yep, we do.
0: Yeah, that, so that was that was pretty cool too. Uh, when I was I was assigned to Iowa City for a short while for just a year and lived at the rectory at St. Mary's, downtown Iowa city. And I love that because I lived downtown Iowa city. So like everything was kind of within walking Walking distance distance. and I hardly ever had to get the car out. And I just shopped at the little corner grocery store and there's all sorts of good restaurants down there. And there's all that feel of big university and all that kind of stuff. And I lived right in the middle of that. So that was kind of cool too. That's exciting, yeah. Yeah. My seminary uh, reminds me a lot of like what you're describing in Davis though, where like every hall kind of had its own character. And in fact, so, you know, and I lived in the same hall. You generally lived, at least, seminary. you generally lived in the same hall your entire time there. So you really did form a bond. And actually, I think they were, like, assigned alphabetically. So one of my best friends from seminary, you know, here we are just kind of randomly assigned or assigned alphabetically. And he ends up across the hall from me, and we end up being very good friends and still continue to be friends to this day and usually go on vacation together and stuff like that. So, um, but anyhow, everybody would have their... Kind of a similar situation, rooms and like big bathroom at the end of the hall. um, And guys generally leave their rooms open, you know, um, and, you know, you could walk down the hall and knock on somebody's door and say, hey, what are you working on? Or, hey, I got a question about this or guys goofing off in the hallway, whatever, you know, it was fun. It was fun. It was good.
2: Yeah. Any any pranks ever pulled? In yeah, that's in a good years? question, Jess. <laughs> See, this is why we have you on the podcast. Uh,
0: yeah, there were some, there were some pranks. Um, Ooh, that you were a part priest
1: of? Priest pranks. Priest. Well, too. so
0: w- one of the pranks, so you have guys, so I went to a seminary in Rome, and you got guys from all over the United States that go to the seminary, so it's like the American seminary, so... Um, the guys from Iowa, we would always have like a week, weekly Iowa night. Usually, you know, once a, night, once a week, guys from particular regions would get together, pray evening prayer, and then eat dinner together or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the Iowa guys from the four dioceses of Iowa would kind of bond together. And we were fiercely proud of our state, of course. And so in the refectory, in the which is the dining hall of the seminary, I don't know why they call it a refectory in a seminary, but it's always called a refectory. But anyhow, okay. uh, yeah. so in the refectory, in the dining hall, They had the display of all of the flags of the 50 states, you know, of the guys that go to the seminary there. Well, usually around, so we'd have a big Thanksgiving dinner that, you know, the Italians didn't know what the heck we were doing. Like, why is this Thursday in November such a big deal to them? But, like, we would have a full-on Thanksgiving thing. Actually, the first course was pasta, and then we did have turkey later. And then we had (laughs) pumpkin pie that we usually made ourselves or someone made because they didn't know how to make pumpkin pie or where to get the ingredients for that. So that was a big deal, like the presentation of the pumpkin pie. All of this is building up to the Iowa guys would usually find a more prominent location for the Iowa flag as a annual thanksgiving prank so usually behind the main podium in the refectory there were the flags of the united states and italy and the vatican flag and i don't remember what else Um, but we would sneak the iowa flag into that lineup or we would put it one year we actually um i hope father walterscheid now bishop walterscheid is not listening he can't get me in trouble now no Um, (laughs) you
1: can't touch him we
0: actually erected scaffolding We got up in the middle of the night, erected scaffolding in order to put up the Iowa flag hanging from the center of the ceiling of the refectory so that when everybody came in for Thanksgiving dinner, there was the the Iowa Iowa flag, flag. our liberties we prize, our rights we will maintain in all of its glory in the middle of the refectory. One year, people were like, okay, where's the flag going to be? Where's the flag going to be? And they're looking all around to see where the Iowa flag would end up. And what we had done, because normally for these different course meals, you'd have... That were stacked on t- top of each other. So we made little Iowa flags and we put them under the, f- the top plate so that when they removed the top plate after the first course, there was the Iowa flag on everybody's plate.
1: So,
0: oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: It's was, like a more intense elf on the shelf. It's yeah. Like,
1: well, I was thinking more Christmas fork, what we used to do oh yeah. in the calf. Hang we, a
2: fork on the way. Yeah, we would. Sorry, but, Pam. We would, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Pam from the calf.
1: Just like we hope the bishop is not listening. We hope uh, <laughs> Pam from the calf is not listening. We would, uh, the cross country team would. Uh, bend a fork and then hang it from over our table and then like sing i would i'd say everybody but i would sing a christmas carol to it and then we'd see if it was there the next day and it we got like a week sometimes it would be and then at the end of the year i hid it in a plant and i buried it and then i went back the next winter to put it back up and it wasn't there so
0: there were some more elaborate pranks that guys, some guys would really get into, like these prank wars and That's things That's so like exciting. That. So, um, why
1: is this not a TV show? Yeah. So a
0: documentary.
1: <laughs> yeah, for real. I
0: remember one of the better ones was um, there was a there was a guy who was like he had he was like built muscly manly man, ex marine, marine haircut like the whole horseshoe haircut, you know, like high and tight haircut and. He was going back home earlier than one of his friends, and he had pulled some prank on this friend earlier in the year, and so the, the friend <laughs> let it sit for a while.
1: Oh, so and then
0: when he went back to the States, and this friend of his who had previously been pranked had a little extra time on his hands at the end of the year as he was finishing up his exams, they went in and, like, full-on painted this guy's room in like tulips and daisies and and you know pastel tones and all this kind of stuff and like this is like ex-marine manly man and he comes back in the fall and his room has been painted to look like a disney princess's (gasps) room that was a very elaborate
1: that's so elaborate what was the reaction there yeah what did he do
0: well, um, so this is where the prank gets even better.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> this was unfortunately around the time of 9/11, so 2001, 2000s, 2000, like just you know in the months or you know, so after yeah. 9/11, and so there was like a heightened sense of like security and things like that, as there should have been in the airports. And this guy got wind of the fact that this friend of his had done this while he was in the airport waiting to get on his plane, and so he's on his cell phone saying, "He did what? He did what?" I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And like, people are listening to him in yes. the airport oh saying my this. Gosh. I'm like, we need to talk to this guy. So they get, they get like, he got, he actually got detained by, uh, oh by my security gosh. and had to explain, no, as my friend at seminary who pulled this elaborate I'm pan- a priest, I'm a priest. painted my room. I'm, you know, sorry, we may not have been a priest yet, but he was a seminarian. So, but you know, in that time... In that place, you don't say those words no, very loudly, no. even in jest, because, yeah, no, so
1: wow. So it's
0: like, a, you know, he got them really good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> unintentional.
0: We can laugh about it now. Yeah. So, but <laughs> oh I was gosh. not in on anything quite that elaborate, um, but I was in on the, the various Iowa the flag, ha- was... flag relocations that happened at Thanksgiving. Did Wednesday.
1: anything come, any repercussions?
0: No, no, I don't think so. Okay. No, not because, well, I mean, they knew the Iowa guys did it. I don't know, but they couldn't really
1: pinpoint pinpoint
0: who was the <laughs> ringleader was or anything. So. It was
1: Thomas yeah. Hennon. It was him. Oh, little old me. I would, oh, I would me. never. Oh, I was just reading a book by the... I was just reading the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just studying the word of God. Yes. There was some guys that actually, the
0: hallways in this place were so big, and they had some like big open doorways. There was like a little van, a tiny little Italian van that they would use to go, they would go to a big, It was. it would be like a... Costco here, mm-hmm. they would go to a giant Costco and they would able to be able to buy a bunch of these American products that you normally can't get. And so they would load up the van full of those American products and bring them back to the seminary. And then we had kind of our own little like store basically there where you could get some of those items that you wanted from home, peanut butter and whatnot. So- so they parked that little van one day in the hallway right in front of the main bulletin board. Oh, my god Which was where everybody passed by on the way to the chapel, and everybody would always check the bulletin board. Every, any big announcements were always on the bulletin board about schedule, things that had changed, or that kind of stuff. So one day we're walking down in a you know half-sleepy stupor at 6.30 in the morning or whatever past the bulletin board, and there's a van parked in front of the bulletin board. So but I don't, I honestly don't know who did that. Oh and I don't know that uh, they ever figured that one out, but I don't think that's awesome. Administration was, are you sure
1: you didn't do that. it? Yeah. I know
0: I did not. I, I honestly, you would have owned up to it. Unless I, think. I slept, walked and did it
1: and, <laughs> and conceived the whole
0: plot even in my sleep. Then yeah, no, there's no yeah. way.
1: Wow. Yeah. Smuggling goods. Well, too. if that would have been you, I would have, I would have definitely owned up to it too. So I believe you.
0: I draw the line at parking vehicles indoors.
1: So. <laughs> Yeah. <gasps> that's where the line is drawn, everyone. <laughs> he will not drive a vehicle indoors. That's too far.
0: That's not meant to be parked in. Oh,
1: okay, okay,
0: okay. Wow, this has taken us all over the place. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's the Just Bended Hall effect. Really, honestly, It's how all um, my conversations. Oh, go.
0: it started with Davis and pranks. And did you pull any pranks? And that's how this all got started. Yeah. Yes. So I assume there must be a fair bit of friendly pranking that goes on in Davis Hall.
2: Um, honestly, not not really. Oh. We really, um, right now, so we're kind of redoing the Davis Community Closet right now. Um, we're kind of clearing it out, because some of those mm-hmm. things have been in there for probably like 20 years. Like, I don't think a cheetah print is professional to wear to a job interview anymore. No, not so. anymore. <laughs> Early 2000s, maybe. <laughs> maybe but. you could get away with it. But, yeah, so we we're kind of cleaning that out. And sometimes things just pop up there. And so, um, we found last semester, there's just Moana cardboard cutouts. Just randomly in there one day. Um, So, one of our RAs um, had the great idea to... Um, print out a picture of Justin Bieber, um, his face, and then tape it over the Moana's head on the cardboard cutout. Yeah. And uh, cut that out, and now it sits uh, happily and respectfully on second floor. Um, okay. It was stolen this last first week, but we did get it back. So um, That's kind of the running mm-hmm. joke now in Davis is the Moana Justin so that Bieber seems cardboard cutout.
0: Right for one of those deals where it kind of moves around the building a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. and surprises the people traveling. every now and then. You know, pull oh, back yes. the shower curtain and there's Justin Bieber Moana. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, we'll have to move them around. It's fantastic. Are there any more Moana um, there's cutouts? The, what's the guy's name? In Moana? Maui. Maui. Yeah, there was one of him. I don't know where that went. Man, why did you take that one? That one's cool, too. I don't know. Um, I don't know where it I went. love cardboard cutouts. I think they're hilarious. Yeah. Well, I think, if I, we still have it, I'll give it to you. Why, why don't you do it.
0: like a luau event in in the basement of Davis like you did the Halloween thing this oh, spring? Oh, we should.
1: We are Mm. nobody steal this nobody other pcs don't even don't even think about Trademark. it we Trademark. got a meeting tomorrow if you mention it i'll call you out
0: the davis maui yeah Moana, luau we could use yeah. some
2: tropical vibes right now definitely yeah. definitely that would be so good yeah it's freezing out it's yeah. awful yeah. winter yeah no other pranks really except for the cockroaches but those are real so <laughs>
0: <laughs> how, how bad are they um, I don't
2: remember them. I found three in my room on moving day last semester. Uh, Two were dead. One was alive. Love um, it. The last cockroach we found was a few weeks ago in the basement. Okay. Um, and thankfully, we still had some hand clappers left over from mm. our uh, Davis Haunted Basement. And uh, that is a very good tool to kill a cockroach with. So okay. that was taken care of very swiftly, very quickly um she is and that's
1: a it. you're a professional now I, I guess i am I just, a
2: lot of experience you know
0: <laughs> yeah again older buildings you're gonna have stuff like that oh definitely i live high enough in ambrose hall i don't think I they have don't to deal dare with that. they don't do they the don't stairs
1: people don't even i am kind of surprised stairs. i've not
0: seen or heard or run into bats at some point but they must have that under mm. pretty well controlled
1: just knows you know. about
2: bats yeah. too yeah well uh, not my just favorite. one. Just one. Freshman year in a Davis basement. We were gathering watching uh what were we watching? The probably Bachelor, the Bachelor probably. Yeah. Ooh, but um <laughs> all of a sudden a bat just came flying in um and just kept circling around yeah. and I uh you know, bravely or stupidly tried to um catch it in a trash can.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um which I came close, but I did not. Yeah. So Security came down for it. Yeah. Arrest they arrested the bat, yeah. They got him. He's in
1: custody. Yes. There you go. <laughs> At this time.
0: <laughs> I know they generally aren't going to hit you, but I stoop every time they swoop
1: Yeah. You. They're kind of scary. They, they are. are. Well, yes. Yeah, I would agree.
0: They're more scared of you than... Yeah,
1: you well, are. I don't believe that because I'm very terrified of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> People tell that to me. I'm like, well, I'll, I beg to differ.
0: That's what they always say. That's what they all say. Want before they pick. eat you.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: Oh, that bear's more scared of you than you are of it. Yeah, Chomp.
1: <laughs> yeah. Chomp, chomp. <laughs> Brings out a napkin, ties it around its neck. Yeah, okay.
0: Yep, yep. Reminds me of a joke. Anyhow.
1: What? You, okay, you're gonna I'll tell s- it. Yeah. 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 Gosh, I am just going to lead on with
2: that.
1: <gasps> Reminds me of a joke.
0: So anyway. This, this guy is, is walking <laughs> through the woods, and he's enjoying the beauty of nature, and he comes to comes up to this little opening in the trees and there's a beautiful glade. And before he knows it, this giant grizzly bear rears up on its hind legs and is about to maul this guy to death. Mm. And so the guy not knowing what else to do says, you know, God, I don't, I don't know if I believe in you even, or if you're out there, but if you're listening, I just need you to convert this bear right now. And so as he says this prayer, the bear drops to his knees, he makes the sign of the cross. And the bear proceeds to say, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, for which we are about to receive thy, through thy bounty, through Christ our Lord. So he says the prayer before meals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: wow. Okay. It's an old man joke, Insert okay? It's a, a laugh track I feel here. like you've told yeah. me that one before. Probably. I still think it's funny. I just want you to know that. Too bad this isn't in front
1: so of a live studio audience.
2: I think you should do stand-up by the time. No. I think you'd be very good at it. Well, maybe no. we should do this in front of a
1: live studio audience, and you'll feel more validation. Well, yeah, because there'd be a
0: laugh track then, and I right. would feel Right, Exactly
1: yeah you can just keep pressing it. yes. <laughs> just play this like my I'll just record different laughs and play them all together.
0: <laughs> That's not a bad idea.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: We need a laugh track for this show. yeah,
1: honestly. we'll hype up. Dave, Dave, got anything?
0: Dave can work on that. I Dave's
1: think. gonna work on it. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. um okay. We've been goofing off the whole maybe episode. Just been
1: goofing, it's been one big goof.
0: Um, so here's something I've been stewing on because the the diocese right now is kind of in the early stages of uh, maybe developing something. I don't even know what it is yet exactly, but we've been talking about this kind of rediscovering Sunday initiative. It was an it was started actually before COVID as like this idea that you know Sundays get you know, wrapped up in sports and other things, family commitments and things. And so it's become less and less of, not just for going to church, but like spending the day as a family and all those kind of things. So it kind of started from there way before COVID. And then COVID came and it's like, well, we can't do that without taking into consideration the fact that many people haven't been to church for months, you know? And so then the next thing was like, okay, when we can start to more safely move out of this and people do start to come back or can or do feel more safe in coming back, how do we make sure that they're welcomed? You know, so basically, the first stage is how do we get people back who were already with us before, but have not come to church for many months because of mm-hmm. the pandemic? And then it was like, well, yeah, that's true. But then there were people that were on the margins already before the pandemic that mm. may have, um, you know, not had a strong relationship with the church, but you know, maybe they were baptized or maybe they went Christmas and Easter kind of thing. Like, okay, how do we reach out to them? Uh, and then it was like, okay, how do we reach out to those who had maybe no, you know affiliation with the church or involvement with the church even before the pandemic. And maybe this is kind of a ripe opportunity for evangelization because people have been asking themselves big questions like, what is my life all about? And uh, what do I want to do? And who am I? And what's important? And what's not important? (laughs) And all of this kind of stuff. So So we're basically starting to piece together some sort of initiative or evangelization effort that's going to be maybe called Rediscovering Sunday because we want to kind of focus it on that day in a special way um, as as the Lord's Day, of course, and and try to get people to kind of reclaim that day in a sense for themselves and for their families. And and yes, part of that is coming back to church, um, but part of it is just... Um, you know, taking that day too with me, all that kind of stuff. So I know I'm talking to the choir here because you both just came from mass. I just came from mass this morning and you're there every week and I see you all the time and you're pure campus ministers. And, and so I know that like you're, you're in, you know, like for the most part, I presume, you know, or else you wouldn't be coming to mass on a weekly basis at least and you wouldn't be pure campus ministers. Mm-hmm. But I also know that uh, many in your generation are not in. You know, and same of my generation, I suppose. But so I'm kind of curious, like, what keeps you coming back or what keeps you invested in the church and being a part of this community? And because I want to know what's going to be appealing to people that are maybe on those margins a little bit more.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because, like, I think, well, growing up Catholic, I a lot of my friends, like, around me grew up Catholic and they don't go to church now. Um, and I think a lot of it for me was it's so easy when you get to college to not go. It's mm-hmm. so easy to not be invested or grow in your faith and stuff. But I had to find a reason for why I wanted to. Like no. I had to find my place in my own faith mm-hmm. because I I think about this a lot. I think of when I was younger, you know, Sundays we'd go to mass as a family or like and even on the Holy Days obligation and all that. Like, we would be going as a group. It'd be a we. Like, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and it's not that I had to go, but I mean, my parents weren't going to, like, leave me at home, you know. So I was exposed to it through them. And um, I was almost living my faith through them, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like, they were shaping that part of me by having me go to Sunday school and all this and um, just talking about their faith. But when I came to college, it was a lot of, like, on my own, what I thought that I wanted to, like... Mm -hmm do and like use to grow my faith like um praying the rosary i i had kind of heard the rosary when i was younger but like not really but me going to rosary when we had times that we Mm -hmm. did that and um praying it even praying it at adoration going Mm -hmm. to adoration Mm -hmm. so i i I think what i'm trying to say is is like i had to find my identity outside of my family and find Mm -hmm. that in my own faith you know that makes sense
0: well i'm glad to hear that because i mean that's what we're trying to do because you're right. People come to college and they had been going to church with their families and obviously their families aren't going to walk into the chapel every Sunday morning. So it's either you make it your own Mm -hmm. or you leave it. It seems to be not maybe forever. People come back to it later. But I mean, I think a big part of our mission in campus ministry is helping people to make their faith their own during their four time, four years here at, at college. So yeah. Jess, what about you? What, what keeps you invested in faith and community and church? And...
2: Yeah. So, I mean, my story is kind of a little different. Um, I mean, I would go to church when I was younger with my family, but I wouldn't say I kind of live my faith out through them. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wouldn't consider myself a Christian until probably my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of for me, my faith has always really been my own. Um, and it's kind of I've kind of came to that. Um, through a, kind of what you were saying like with the pandemic with these hard times mm. um, going through kind of some suffering really drew me to the church um, mm. and so really because um, when I saw I was 12 I tore my ACL mm. um, which is very young to do that yeah. um, and before that I had kind of placed my identity in soccer and, and mm. that passion and that's something I was good at and so I thought that was kind of a determinant of my worth Um, and so that was taken away from me and it just kind of left me searching like, wow, like what's my meaning? Like, what's my purpose Mm -hmm. at 12 years old, (laughs) which is kind of crazy. Um, and it wasn't until that I started going to a youth group, um, and I just kind of took part in that community and it was such a loving community. And I felt like I had never really seen Jesus before, but I did through those people in that community. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what kept me coming back at first. And then I kind of realized like, there's more where this love came from. Um, You know, there's a higher source of that. And so that's what drew me in ultimately to my faith was that, wow, like there's this guy named Jesus. He loves me. Mm -hmm. um, And I want a relationship with him and I don't want my meaning and my worth to be determined by anything this world has to offer. Like I just want, him to tell me who I am. And so that's kind of what kept drawing me back. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. (laughs) I
0: like the sense of like, yeah, where, where do you find your identity? And a lot of people find their identity in their activity, what their major is, what their sport is or things like that. And you know, those things come and go, you know, um, or you, you may, you may wrap yourself around, like you say, I'm a soccer player. That's who I am. And then you tear your ACL twice and like, I'm no longer a soccer pa- player who- who am I then you know yeah. um so yeah we all we all need to kind of f- find out who we are and and i mean i i'm if they say priest, i'm coming from this from that angle of faith already, but like i we are most ourselves in Christ, you know, like Christ isn't gonna make us less ourselves, Christ is only gonna make us more ourselves that's his goal, you know that's mm-hmm. and and so that's i think uh, you know we we find ourselves. Uh, and, and it's an inexhaustible source it's not something that just kind of gives us identity or welcome or a feeling of you know kind of belonging for a time but like i say, there's more of that there's always more of that so yeah. Yeah. yeah so both of those like finding your place in the church making it your own that sense of identity and i think this is the big part of evangelization and it's certainly something pope francis has talked a lot about and you know, we kind of always go back to is this idea of encounter like personal encounter with christ but typically through others, through community, you know. So uh, as we start to reemerge a little bit from this pandemic in our parishes, in our campus ministries, in our various things that we do as a church, we got to find a way to make that community a place of encounter where people who are asking themselves these big life questions can come and say, I don't know who I am or what I'm doing exactly, but this community loves me, and I feel loved here, and I think I'm beginning to get a handle on it. So... That's the goal. What that will look like, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? There's a lot of those particulars that is gonna we're gonna have, we've just kind of started to have some like listening sessions with the priests and with some other groups of the diocese and to to ask about what that will be. And it's probably it's gonna be it's not gonna be like a six month program. And it's gonna be like a it's gonna be an ongoing thing because this yeah. doesn't you know there's not a timeline for this exactly. But um, I would like to see it you know something start to begin to roll out, not necessarily in terms of everybody being able to be back for Mass yet, obviously, but in terms of at least getting the thinking going by this Easter. So kind of like a couple years ago, we did this big Vision 2020 thing for the diocese, and it was like from Pentecost to Pentecost. So we kicked it off on Pentecost, and it was going to be for this whole year. And then 2020 happened, and um, everything with 2020. And so that kind of got curtailed. And so this is really kind of picking the ball back up where we left off, um, but just like we did Pentecost to Pentecost, I'd kind of like to do Easter to Easter, because if this is about rediscovering Sunday, what is the Sunday of all Sundays, but Easter Sunday. So yeah. but we'll see where it goes. Wow. Hmm. Well, my, my, my experience as a student was similar in the sense that, yeah, I, probably similar to Meg's in that I'd grown up, you know, going to church with my family and things like that. And yeah, I, I think I was faced that faced that choice as a college student. Do I do I go to mass or not? And I chose to. And then I just kind of kept making that choice and, and made friendships in that community yeah. and all of that kind of thing. And that was a big that was a big help. But I certainly had plenty of friends. You know, I always kind of thought it was strange not to not to dig on Catholic schools because I love Catholic schools and I taught at one for a few years. But a lot of my like friends that went to Catholic yep. schools. It didn't darken the door of the chapel hardly at no, all when they were here. And I like
1: yeah, I have a lot of friends that did that too. I don't
0: know if it was like they felt like it was shoved down their throat while they were in high school and they weren't going to do that anymore or what. But I've seen it go the other way too. I mean, oh, I yeah. there's also oh, students yeah. that I taught at Assumption when I taught there who were some of our stars in campus ministry. So, you know, there were it, it would go both ways, but Yeah. No. But the key, I think, is that sense of identity, sense of belonging, sense of making this your own. That's what we got to do. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Amen. <laughs>
0: That's good stuff. good stuff. Wow, Jess, I'm glad we snagged you after Mass and forced you to go on the show today. Yeah, so.
2: this has been great. Yeah. I'm having a grand old time. It's so good. Work
0: oh out. Good. Well, we've already exhausted almost 35 minutes just gabbing. Just Gavin. Thanks,
2: Jess. Mm. Oh, anytime. <laughs> so I'm good at talking about random stuff. Yeah, you know? see, I told you it was going to be fun. <laughs> I was giving her a pep talk. I was like, it's going to be so much fun.
0: I I had this other terrible dad joke all lined up and I forgot to use it.
1: What? Wow. I like how you just interjected yourself yeah. over there. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lordy,
0: lordy. Episode 39.
1: Oh, I get it. I get, get it. That's it. so good. Because yep.
0: next episode will be episode 40.
1: And then you can say it Lordy, again. lordy. It's episode lordy. 40. 40 but Lordy, Lordy, it's episode 39. It's more. With Jess (laughs) Hall. Yeah. That was good. Um, How long did it take for that one to simmer in your brain there? Oh,
0: that's been there a while because I had. (laughs) I, I honestly meant to put an ad out for myself on my 39th birthday a few years ago. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, to say, "Lordy, lordy, look who's 39," but I forgot to do it. So, wow. Man. So, I'll, I'll wait till someone in my family or close friend is turning 39 and I'll put that ad you in the paper. Use
2: that so. one. Hmm. Not like that,
0: that anybody reads a physical paper to read those birthday announcements. Well, I
1: will, yeah, what's that? <laughs> hey, you can do it for my 39th birthday.
0: It's been a while.
1: I know it's I might be a forget. While. Just- <laughs> Typical Tom.
0: (laughs) All righty. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll we'll uh, talk to you next time. Episode forty, maybe Sister Joan. Woo. No promises. No promises. Busy person.
1: We're putting it out into the universe, though. There you go. Manifest Manifest it. Exactly, Jess. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Meg, bring us home. Yep. May the faith be with you and with your spirit. spirit. Jess said it too. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, remix. Thank you.